1: fun friday wrestling inc it is me nick hausman the managing editor of wrestling inc and uh, i have stumbled upon a fun friday impact wrestling exclusive not just a single exclusive it's going to be a double shot i just got off the phone with none other than impact wrestling world champion johnny impact now not only is he the impact wrestling champion he is also the most recently eliminated person from survivor that's right survivor david versus goliath that's the season currently going on cbs every wednesday night 8 7 central and if you tuned in this past wednesday you saw that johnny was eliminated well i told johnny as soon as you get eliminated, please, I want the exit interview. Buzz me, let me know. Let's talk Survivor. And that's exactly what you're going to get here today. So, if you like Survivor, if you like Johnny Impact, you're going to love this interview. And also, stick around after the interview because today I also got a chance to talk to somebody very interesting. Uh, his name is Will, and he has gone to more Impact Wrestling VIP events. ...than anybody else. I'm fascinated by these VIP events where you get to play mini-golf with Sammy Callahan... ...and go bowling with the Lucha Brothers. I wanted to know what's going on with these things. So I actually did talk to Will today, and we're going to include that as well. So after the Johnny Impact talk, please stick around, hear from Will, hear from his wacky experiences... ...interacting with the uh, Impact Wrestling characters at these events, and uh, he's got a few opinions... ...about pro wrestling fans in general as well. And this weekend, I gotta say, I gotta remind you, this weekend... Survivor Series, Sunday, NXT TakeOver, War Games 2 this Saturday. Wrestling Inc. is going to be your place to be for all the results, all the coverage, all the news coming out of this weekend. Make sure to stay with Wrestling Inc. And if you're in Chicago this Sunday, for Survivor Series, the viewing party to go to is going to be at Duffy's Tavern and Grill, 420 West Diversity. It's going to be Wrestling Inc. And we are going to be partying right alongside WWE Hall of Famer, the Godfather. That's right, the Godfather Chicago WWE Survivor Series viewing party going down. Duffy's Tavern and Grill will be there, and we want you there too. Head over to Eventbrite. Tickets start at just twenty dollars, and we can get our party on. We can get our drink special on this Sunday, Duffy's Tavern and Grill. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting Wrestling Inc., everybody. I hope you enjoy this fun Friday exclusive. And without further ado, here he is, Johnny Impact. <laughs> Well, I am uh, pleased and surprised to welcome to the show at this time the current Impact Wrestling World Champion and w- the most recently eliminated member of the Survivor Island, David Verth Goliath. It's uh, John, Johnny Impact, a.k.a. John Hennigan. John, thanks so much for calling me up here today.
0: Oh, thanks for having me on the show. Man, um, yeah. Yep. I guess if uh, anybody saw that show, they uh, could probably guess that I was surprised.
2: To be the victim of the Brochato
0: blindside, because uh, man, I was a little overconfident going into that final travel, my final travel, I should say, and um, that's what happens when you get overconfident in Survivor. You get that.
1: No, yeah, take me through here because we were all shocked uh, here when we were watching it at my place that you were the one going home. I had a couple friends over, and uh, yeah, you you spoke with this aura of confidence leading into the vote, almost like. From a, did you feel like you say overly confident, but I mean, did you in your head were you already like several layers ahead into the game?
0: Um, I was trying not to do that. I was I was trying to think of like the current vote and then one or two after because a lot of times I thought that in past seasons when people were on day uh, on day two or three, they've got their final two or three picked out already. And I always thought, that's dumb. Like, it's, you think that far ahead, and then uh, you try to save someone too hard, and you end up getting uh, sent to Ponderosa. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I, I thought through the next couple of months, but after that, not really.
1: Now, you you voted Christian, right? Now, you got Brochacho blindsided, in a way, here. But you were prepared to blindside your Brochacho, which is something on Twitter I've expressed uh, upsetness towards you mm-hmm. Why, why were you so willing to abandon that alliance in favor of going with the Goliaths?
0: To me, it was, uh, well, I mean, clearly it, uh, it wasn't the right decision. But um, to me, it made sense logically. Like, if the Goliaths had the numbers and Christian was, in my opinion, the biggest threat, if we all decided to vote him out, we could keep all the Goliaths happy and then go up 7-4 to four in the numbers and continue to knock out uh, Davids. And then I knew at some point uh, it wouldn't be David versus Goliath anymore and everyone would start cannibalizing each other. But I uh, I thought that was a voter to a waste still.
1: No, but did you trust Angelina? Was there a doubt there with her? I mean, it seems like she was... Uh, if there was a Goliath to be had there, she was the one that was on the chopping block.
0: I I trusted Angelina, and I thought that I had a stronger alliance with her than um, a lot of the other uh, people in the game. I trusted Angelina Allison for sure, and um, I thought I kind of trusted Mike, but he seemed a little weird after the merge. Um, not like weird, but like, I felt really close to him at the beginning of the game. And then he, uh, he was over on the purple tribe, um, Benny, And, uh, he seems, I don't know, he, he seems strategically different a little bit. So I still wanted to work with Mike, but I didn't fully trust him the way that I had. The, uh, the other Davids, the Davy, Nick, Carl, like those guys I felt were like a strong three. And I wanted to start chipping away at that.
1: Um, were you completely caught off guard when Davey pulled out the idol for Christian? Because it seemed like nobody seemed to have any idea that he was even holding on to an idol.
0: Well, man, like, rule rule one of Survivor is don't tell anyone. And uh, props to Davey for that, because information is power in Survivor. If you have an idol that no one knows... You've got all the power. If you have an idol, and one person knows, or two people know, and they're legitimately loyal to you, it's still a powerful thing. But as soon as everybody knows, like when Jeremy told everybody that uh, Dan had an idol, it, uh, it weakens your position and actually ends up putting a target on your back. So yeah, I was I was I was shocked when Baby pulled out the idol in the first place, and then uh, surprised again when he played it for a Christian.
1: Um And now, with Dan playing the idol, it seemed like he was more open, that people had an idea that Dan was in position. But at that point, though, your head's got to be spinning. At what point did you think that your head was on the chopping
0: block? I put it together until Jeff read uh, the first book for me. Wow.
1: That's got to suck, man. Like, wh- how does that physically feel when you see your name being pulled out and you start to piece it all together?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, well... <laughs> is a you, you picked a good word to describe how I feel um yeah it sucks it was it was, it was surprising like you uh man yeah that, that, that's it feels like I got super kicked in the back of the head man. and uh it's to me like it's always like a like I'm was, you're not ever mad at anyone because like you said um I really liked Christian we were trying to blindside him and the way it worked out is with a well-played idol, his side blinds out of me. So, you know, they, uh, they thought a step or two past where the guys were thinking. And also based on the information and the point of, uh, Davey having the idol, the reason it's powerful is that no one knew because we all were trying to figure out who had the idol. and um, we all also thought that Christian didn't have the idol and weren't sure if Davey, Carl, or Nick had it. And those three seemed so tight that we thought if one of those three had it, they might play it to protect another one of the three. Which is another reason we thought like Christian would be a, a better target.
1: Do you wish that in retrospect, you know, hindsight 2020, you've been more aggressive about trying to find idols on the island, kind of knowing the value of them?
0: No, because I was extremely aggressive. There's just a uh, everyone was looking for idols. There was several nights where I stayed up all night, <laughs> like uh, tromping around the forest, turning over rocks, looking at the well, looking everywhere. But a lot of that stuff isn't. Uh, it just isn't time for it because it's a an hour TV episode, it's just really like I don't know, forty two minutes, forty four minutes, something like that. So um, it, it was a uh, it was. It, it's funny when um, when you watch the show back and when I saw Dan find the, the first idol on uh, the Goliath Beach and he found it so quick. And it was in like a not a super difficult hiding spot and a spot that I was familiar with for walking up and down that trail for coconuts and firewood. And uh, after he found the idol, I I'd still spent days looking for it because I didn't know that he had it.
1: Um Jeremy got in trouble looking for the idol. He who was whose bag was it Dan's bag he went through looking for the idol. I forget whose bag it was.
0: So um, so Mike got in trouble looking for the idol first. Okay. And uh, he didn't find it and like put an early target on his back. Okay. Then Jeremy uh, went through Dan's jeans uh, and right. found the idol in Dan's pocket. That's right. So that actually is a big proof why everyone flipped on Jeremy
1: now how what are the rules for survivor as far as it goes when it when it comes to like going through people's bags and stuff is that like a, a safe zone or is it just like a, a thing that's respected amongst competitors how we you know with nobility wouldn't play that way
0: by going through your things in my opinion it's fair game it's been done it's not it's not against the rules there's a there's people that get upset or would be upset if you went through their stuff. I mean, I guess I'd be upset if someone went through my stuff. (laughs) But it's technically not against the rules, so it's fair.
1: How do you deal with snakes and other scary animals on the
0: island? Well, um, one of the nice things about surviving in Fiji is the actual terrain and area isn't nearly as hazardous as like Thailand or China or Cambodia. <laughs> it's kind of funny. They uh, they have some talks about safety, and um, they, before we left, the uh, one of the uh, one of the big Australian guys in the suit jacket said, "There's no snakes on the island except for sea snakes, which." happen to be extremely lethal if they bite you. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, great. I'm sure that's what you yeah. want to hear. Yeah. So I was like, oh, good. No snakes. Wait a minute, except for these little sea snakes that'll kill us. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, the, he also said that they're they're pretty non-aggressive and um, they'll never, like, they're not going to crawl up into your uh, shelter and, and bite you on the toe for no reason. They, uh, and they're Aquatic, so they're uh, not necessarily like crawling all over the forest. They're just if if you see them, he said. The point of telling us was uh, don't uh, don't try to kill it and eat it because those things like if if you try to kill one, it might bite your hand and there's a good chance you'll die.
1: <laughs> what are the rules for hunting? I've wondered why I don't see more people go out and just like try to find a big animal to trap and kill. I don't see that as much they as do in earlier seasons.
0: Um. That's totally fair game, but I guess maybe that's the downside of uh, surviving in Fiji. There's like we're on small islands. There's, there's not like there's no wild pigs. There's no there's no game. You know what I mean? There's there's nothing to hunt. The only real option is uh, for me while I was out there was uh, fish from the ocean or coconuts. Outside of the uh, the Meager portion of rice that they give you.
2: Were
1: you
0: a pretty good fisherman or no? Man, I was a actually a really good spear fisherman um, in like high school because I, I grew up in Southern California and actually it was something that I liked to do. But uh, the one that we were on was uh, there was like the reef one out like. I don't know, the Goliath Island reef went out maybe like a half mile or something. So it was really shallow and difficult to to swim around in. And also in the real shallow water, there was mostly just tiny fish. So I I shot a couple of fish. I shot I I don't even know if they have this anywhere, but there was a funny scene where Dan and I paddled the raft out and um, both of us had a hard time getting fish. And uh, I shot a puffer fish because I was swimming around. I saw, like, the back of a fish that was, like, the biggest fish that I'd seen all day. And I was like, yes. And I shot that thing. And, like, legitimately, I don't know what I would expect, but it puffed up just like uh, they, they do in the cartoons. And um, <laughs> I mean, puffer fish are, are super dangerous also. So I was kind of freaking out because I don't yeah. know. Like, they've got spikes and they have toxins yeah. in their skin and stuff. Yes. So... I, uh, I shot the thing, and, I was, and it was on the spear, and it was trying to get off, but spears have barbs, too, so I couldn't get it off, Jesus. <laughs> I swam, oh my god. I swam up to the uh, raft, and I was like, "Dad, dad, take the spear, it's a puffer fish." he's like, what, I don't want to take it, I was like, get it off the spear, <laughs> <laughs> you're on the raft, I'm in the water, <laughs> I don't want this thing to get pissed off, and no, spike me, because wow. you also feel really, uh, like when I was fishing in high school, I had a wetsuit and and fins and like my body's covered. But um, on the on the game, I'm like swimming around in like my short underwears, and it's like I keep like digging my knees on the reef, and I've got all these little cuts everywhere. And the last thing you want is a, an angry pufferfish to just kind of like charge at your thigh or something.
1: Yeah, how much did uh how much did the others know about your actual wrestling career? That was something else I was wondering about.
0: Um, there were a couple people that were wrestling fans. Nick was uh, a wrestling fan and, and recognized me. Not immediately, I don't think, but he he put it together. And uh, it didn't matter because I decided like straight off the from the jump, to be honest about it. Um, Dan knew uh, somewhat that also. I think there's any then and everyone's uh once I said I was a professional wrestler, everyone had a million questions.
1: Did you were you as honest about how much success you had found? I feel like that's something maybe you'd want to play back, you know, to to I did. you, you uh, know give you like more- that was
0: part of what I was trying to do. I, like I didn't want to lie and make up a weird backstory about how I'm a, a personal trainer or, or something because then you have to like keep track of like this whole weird backstory of lives that you've made up. But uh, I said I was a pro wrestler. I have been for, like, my whole uh, adult life. But I didn't, like, uh, get into detail about... And then I wrestled The Undertaker. Then I <laughs> then I won the Intercontinental Championship from Ray Mysterio in 2009. Then I won the Lucha Underground Championship in 2014, and now I'm the Impact. You know, I, I, I definitely played that down. If you'd have stayed on the island... Would
1: Taya have been the one to join you for the re- reconnecting day?
0: Ooh, that was so dicey. Um, she was, uh, she was my first choice, but she was waiting for her green card at the time. And uh, when I left, I uh, I left it at it. If, uh, if her green card comes, she can go. But if she doesn't get her green card, the way that it works is, people that don't have green cards are free to leave the states, but they don't let them back in. So if uh, her green card didn't come, it was going to be my dad.
1: Okay. I'm, just wondering, just, I, I'm going through my list of survivor things that I'd written up from before. Um, well, and the last thing I'll bring up here, I guess, um, is I did, I've been talking to Taya and Pentagon, um, you know, over the last two weeks on these Impact Media calls, And she continues to bring up how it was hard for her for you to be away for this long period of time. You kind of came back and were getting married shortly after that. How was that reacclimating so quickly back into your real life, being on the road, getting ready for this wedding? How was that?
0: Well, part of what I think she's referring to is it was hard for her to take over all the wedding preparations and, like all the, all the bill payments, all the, all the everything, you know, and um, and deal with. Uh, I did a pretty good job of canceling all the shows that I already booked. But there was a couple guys that like uh, I told them that I couldn't do it, and then they were confused because we're not allowed to say we're gonna do Survivor. I just had to say I can't do it. Something came up, and then they were trying to get a hold of me, and she was running my social media. <laughs> so uh, on top of all that, and planning a wedding. Um, that is where I think the wait,
1: difficulty Wait, 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 wait. Away, but... Wait, wait, wait. You ghosted all the promoters to do Survivor? Like, you just called all these people who were like, hey, something came up. I'm leaving. And then we're just gone with no explanation?
0: No, I mean, I, I just leave voicemails. I had conversations with people and I would explain it, it was like a, a really big opportunity something I can't turn down that I'm excited about and I'll up to you. And then everyone's Mostly,
1: really cool with that. No, I'm sure that everybody well, is expecting... Okay, go ahead. And it wasn't
0: like... Also, I wasn't like... I didn't call it promoters that I was booked on in like a week. It was like a... They had a couple months
1: notice. Okay. I'm just wondering. I didn't even think about that. You know, that's what Pentagon was saying. He said he didn't do it because they needed like three months of his time down in Mexico to do something like that, and he'd have lost out on three months of bookings and all this type of stuff, so... Uh, just wondering right how that affected the and, wrestling side of well, your business
0: it, it's kind of funny cause I didn't do I mean it, I, <laughs> I didn't do survivor for the money even though a million bucks would have been nice have made a sweet sequel to boot the bounty hunter but um, I, I did it because I really wanted to experience something different from wrestling it ended up costing a ton of money <laughs> in a in, the opportunity cost for me was high up put it that way but uh, the reward was worth it
1: Awesome, well, John, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and answering all of uh, my silly survivor questions. How do you deal with snakes? All of that type stuff. We didn't even chat about how, like, the first two weeks were just rain with no fire. Right? was spooky it felt like. Yeah. Uh,
0: dude, it was brutal. Um, and we, like we've, we've talked about this before, you and I are both Eagle Scouts, so I was confident about my uh, fire starting ability walking in but um with with everything is wet like there's you just can't start a fire
1: that's what i was wondering is like do you take some like the driest kindling you have and just like bury it and hide it and protect it because like the best survival kid i ever met in scouts was this i think his name was peter he was a real little kid. He was the runt of the group, and we all went out to do our wilderness survival merit badge where you got to go out in the woods and be by yourself for, like, 24 hours with, like, a trash bag and some protein bars, and it stormed. There was, like, a tornado warning that night, and he went, and, and he and everybody left. Me and him were the only two that stayed out there all night. He, I'm just nuts and just took it. He went and found a tree where the roots were deeply exposed, burrowed under the tree, and, like, made a gnome home. He, like, took mud and had walls in this thing. It was insanity when we all went and looked at how he thrived oh. through the... Yeah, isn't that crazy? Um, He, like, thrived. But I was wondering how you would fire, right? I would think, like, burying it, hiding it under roots and things like that, just so you can keep something around that's dry to work with, you know?
0: If, uh, if you have the ability to find... The dry kindling and you can bury it? Yes, but all these, like, man, you know that Mike Tyson quote, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. When I, everyone's got a fire plan until the storm hits and it's windy and you're by the beach, so there's not a ton of dry stuff anyway. And then the, uh, the flint and, uh, the flint that you get isn't, it's not like you got a, like a windproof lighter. It's like you're, you're trying to Spark something, and then even if you spark some tinder, you still need dry kindling, <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, yeah, uh, yeah. it's uh, it's tough. That's why I Starting
1: would say, wet fire I kind of in my head envisioned like a spot where anytime you found something of, of dryness, you would hide it and wait for that moment for there to be some clarity. But I don't know, you know,
0: and you, you like, uh, technically, like, uh, if you've got a tornado wording. <laughs> That, that could have worked, but uh, a lot of times it was uh, sunny, and then um, suddenly, an hour later, it was pouring. So maybe that's a good tip for future Survivor players. Uh, get some sweet tender and kindling, and uh, put it aside when you get there.
1: Yeah, also look for roots of trees to build, like, quasi-underground uh, huts. I was a, I've was never forgotten what this thing looked like.
0: <laughs> I, here's yeah. here's a- think the problem with that is it's a straight up survival wise great but for a game like survivor not great because you need to be in the shelter with everyone and talking if everyone's going through a hardship together it's a not good for your social game to be up near your little gnome hut, you know
1: yeah i guess so a a victim of convenience i suppose um now the other (laughs) thing let
0: me outside outside of the game of Survivor, like, straight-up surviving, yeah, build a gnome hut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good. Right. I'm glad we're on the same but page about it, it, that. It, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I have a question I'll ask, actually, while I, I've got you here still, on behalf of my girlfriend who's been watching this season with me, what is the uh, manicure, uh, waxing, shaving, uh, like, setup like, so that people don't become absolutely disgusting when they have to be on camera for competitions and things?
0: Uh, there is none. I, I think, um, one thing, like, uh, actually, I noticed this about Survivor, that uh, when we were, like, binge-watching old seasons to prep for season thirty-seven, she, uh, kind of was asking that, and then we were both, we started talking about how everyone's skin always looks so great on Survivor. And when I was thinking about it, and did a little research it's not, uh, there's no, there's no manicures or uh, there's no uh, hair, makeup, tent. There's, you just don't have anything. But the, uh, the plus side is there's no, there's no soda, there's no processed sugars, there's very little meat. So if you're surviving on rice and water and um, maybe some fish or some coconut, whatever, it's a, it's a pretty good cleanse. And um, it's not good for any kind of athletic performance stuff, but for uh, just your, your body, the detox, and your, your skin to look good, I guess. So a, what the I noticed. <laughs> Um, It's a, a pretty good diet. That's very
1: interesting to hear. I'll, I'll pass that along. We're all, you know, My girlfriend's always looking for a fun new diet that I'll never try it anyway. Maybe she'll go live on an island for a month. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I, I, like, I've been thinking about doing a survivor diet thing for a while. I just never uh, got around to it. Well, j- a little PDF, mm-hmm. rice, coconut. Mm-hmm.
1: You know what? Maybe maybe people could take the Jericho cruise to the Slamtown Island, you know? So you get the experience of going out on the cruise, and then when you get off the boat, time to get down to business.
0: Yep, and the Slamtown Island is uh, is amazing, but expensive. <laughs> also worth it.
1: Um, all right, I will I'll wrap it up. I am going to wrap it, it here, bad. John. Um, this was great. Uh, but what You are... You're going to be, let's see, you guys just filmed in Nat You guys just filmed in Vegas. How was the Vegas filming? Did you enjoy Vegas?
0: It was the first time that Impact is filmed at Samsung in Vegas, and we, we all had a great time. I'm really happy with what we, we got for the next couple of weeks at Impact Television.
1: Good. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, John, and uh, hopefully I'll talk to you again here soon.
0: Yeah. I'll, let me throw a few plugs out there. Get the yeah, I didn't
1: know what you wanted to do. I mean, this is so—it's so casual. It's like I'm interviewing John Hennigan. You know, it's like that's who you were on the show.
0: Uh, I, I like, yeah, I don't have to be in character, but I'll just—I'll just casually plug stuff. Okay. Uh, we got a homecoming coming up, January 6th in Nashville. I'm defending the Impact World Championship against Brian Cage. Impact Wrestling is on Pop TV at 10 p.m. in, uh, in the States. It's on FightNet, I believe, in Canada. If uh, you haven't been Booned yet, get Booned already. Damn it. It's a uh, Booned Bounty Hunters, a movie that I produced and star in. It's streaming on Netflix currently. And if you want any more info about me, follow me on Twitter at Will Morrison or on Instagram at John Hennigan.
1: Uh, I got to ask, now that I've, now that I had something jogged in my head, you challenged Jay, or there was a a champion versus champion challenge on the cruise of Jericho with you and Jay Lethal, right? Damn right. What's the status of that? You guys going to throw down?
0: Um, well, clearly, him and I, uh, would both love that, and, uh, the status is TBD, so to speak.
1: Today... We're going to talk to somebody who is a VIP of Impact Wrestling. It is Will. Will, thank you very much for joining us here today on The Winkly.
2: Uh, Oh, thanks for uh, having me, Nick.
1: Now, when I say VIP, I say that because, Will, you have done quite a few of the Impact Wrestling fan VIP events. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I've pretty much done, under the, the current administration, pretty much all of them. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing the VIPs for a couple of years now,
1: man. Okay. Cause I reached, I'm pretty friendly with the front office at impact. And I was like, when you guys come to Chicago, I'd love to go check one of these things out. And they said, well, you should talk to Will. He's done quite a few of these things. So before I get into the, the VIP events, Will, why, why impact? Why this love of impact wrestling?
2: Well, I, I grew up, I was, uh, outside of the Philadelphia area. Uh, so grew up. Obviously you had the WCWs and and the uh, WWF house shows, uh, and the occasional pay-per-views coming to town. I was more of a WCW guy back then. Uh, but then obviously I I was a kid in the early nineties, me and my dad would go to early ECW all the time. So I was a big early ECW guy going to all their shows monthly and that style of wrestling, uh, really just, just really got my interest. Um, and I, I, think, probably about the late 2000s, uh, the mid to late 2000s, when I really started getting interested in the, the TNA back then, it was when I, I said, oh, wow, this is something that I really like, similar to a style of wrestling that I grew up on, and it just really interested me. And then they they wound up doing some, some local house shows, and then I just really got hooked from there.
1: So you, so like you said, you were an ECW fan. So you saw a bit of ECW in the old TNA stuff that you used to watch in the early two thousands, correct? Yes, definitely. Man, so flash forward here. Will have you stayed with Impact through the last decade or so through all of the different operational and managerial changes? Yes,
2: yeah, yeah. Like uh, definitely through all the different ones. Like um, like obviously when it was TNA. Like I, I think my first VIP. Uh, like I did like a March TV taping down in Orlando, maybe about six or seven years ago it was probably my first VIP. Um, cause I had been down in the impact zone in about 2006, I believe. Uh, I happened to be down there for work on a trade show and got lucky enough that there was a taping going on. Uh, so I'm like, Oh, I had a vacation coming up. Might as well go down there and check it out. And it was a, it was a real good time. Uh, just got me more and more interested in. And anyone that's ever been to the that's the one thing that has been consistent the whole time, TNA to impact, is you never can get as close, like um, from the seats to interacting with the talent, uh just everything. It's just like it, it's, it's almost like that indie show experience, but on a bigger stage.
1: Yeah, tell me about... Let's go back to the first one here. So you say seven years or so ago, you did your first VIP experience. And for the fans that are listening right now, a VIP experience is like a, a paid, private, quasi-private experience between you and some of the talent on the roster, correct?
2: Correct. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much... The, they, they always make it a little bit different each time. Uh, like if they like from the days of the Impact Zone to now, it may be a... like. If you're a VIP, you're pretty much guaranteed. If there's a seat, it's a front row seat uh, back in the impact zone. It used to be like you'd get almost like a like the first place in line by being a VIP, for uh, you could have pretty much where you would want to go in the arena to get that that best spot you thought where the action would be or where you want it to be. And so that's kind of the first thing you get. But then it will usually start like uh, when you come in that first night, there might be a like a get together, like a reception or a party where they'll. Pretty much have some of the talent some of the wrestlers there do like some q and a's pictures autographs, and then usually uh in the following days, depending on the length of the taping, you could have events from like just at the recent one they did the second bowling uh done mini golf before trivia like all, all different kinds of, and you're and you're doing that right really with the town. like you're part of their team or 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 they're like if if you're they're on your bowling team, they're on your mini golf team and it's it's just a way of seeing the the people there that you don't ever get to interact with any other time. That's, and it's, it's just a real cool experience.
1: That sounds crazy. Playing mini golf with like Sammy Callahan and Pentagon jr. Who are exactly. like some of the scariest men on the planet. Um, just to watch them hitting tiny balls around those little putting greens uh, for you. What are, what's, what are the impact stars that you enjoy getting to uh, spend time with the most at these events?
2: Well, a lot of them, the thing you realize is pretty much everybody on the roster. It is just like a family there. Like they're all friends. They all come on like they're all very nice to everyone. Um, it, it's just a real good time with them. Like, like obviously you see how, as you just said, how crazy some of these guys are. But then you interact with them. It's just it's just funny. Like, like because I remember mini golfing. Uh, Dave Chris was on my team at the one mini golf, and uh, like Sammy Callahan was on the like he was in the group right in front of us. So like they're just going back and forth, jawing at each other the whole time. And then like same thing in bowling. It just happened. You had the Lucha Brothers there. And like they're going back and forth uh, with Conan and LAX just just kind of every time like when we get a strike, they would stare down at each other. So it's it just seeing them like that is great. But uh, obviously, I'm a I'm a big Moose fan, uh, and and it's always good seeing him. Eddie Edwards, I pretty much because he's been there the whole time, pretty much. I've been doing these, so he probably gets tired of seeing me. Uh, but it's a, it's a good time to kind of see all the guys and. And just see what's going on each time, and so it's, it's always a good time.
1: So these guys are not completely leaving their their on screen personas when they're doing these events. I've thought that this would be uh, much more open. It sounds like these guys are actually kind of playing into what you see on TV, even when you're bowling and mini golfing and stuff.
2: It, yeah, that, that that a lot of time, like it can be a mix. Like they'll, they'll usually still be part of that. Like I, I know even when they did like a meet and greet in Vegas the other day. Um, like they were going to have Eddie Edwards and Moose be out there at the same time. But then it was like, well, Eddie Edwards, like I can't go out there with Moose. Like it's sort of that we can't take photos together right now because of what's going on. So like at times, like they, they do, they'll open up more. So like, it isn't like if they're going crazy on the show, like if you interact with them, they'll, they'll still be a little different, but everyone's still kind of, they're the same, similar to the person you'll see on TV. I'll say. Uh,
1: who is the most different in person than from what you see on TV?
2: Uh, that's a good question. Um, I, I would say, well, Eli Drake is someone there that depending on how they come up on TV, uh, is someone that, that's, that they're very, very personable. Uh, same thing with like, uh, even Sammy Callahan in his own way. Uh, like, it, th- there's some people that you don't think would be as approachable in person, but that they are like, like they, they might cause of the almost how they are on TV. They come off on a way, but uh, in person they're m- much different, m- much more just like a regular person.
1: <laughs> so when you look back at all, cause you've done quite a few of these VIP experiences from what I gather, will looking back on all these, is there like one kind of crazy moment or memory that like stands out to you that went down at one of these VIP
2: experiences? Uh, probably the, <laughs> Anything crazy? Um, let's say the like, like, some of the events. Like, like I said, I probably already mentioned a few of the events that were kind of the the most memorable ones. Where were kind of like some of the bowling and the and the the mini golf, just because of the you really see the competitive nature of everyone. Uh, same thing. Like even when, when when we do trivia, it's something where like the the guys get into it, and it's it's very off the wall trivia. It's really how much different people know about the the personal lives of the wrestlers as opposed to technical wrestling <laughs> stats. Um, so just seeing kind of the reactions and like, like at one point, like, uh, like follow doing the, doing, uh, a, I think it was bingo. We did one time. And, uh, it, it's in the middle of the bingo game, the chair collapses, like, just, and then like just, just seeing the reaction to something like that. Um, but it, it, wait,
1: wait, did it, his chair just <laughs> collapsed out of nowhere?
2: Just out of nowhere. <laughs> It probably wasn't the the strongest chair that uh, he had that day, but was he all, was he uh, but all just right? Seeing something like that happened to Bill. Was he okay? <laughs> yeah, he was okay. He, he he played it off great, and that that that's that's one of the things is they they'll they'll still stick to that and and play it off green. And <laughs> it, luckily, he wasn't on something because sometimes they could be in some areas where that could have been more of an issue. But it was just a a bad folding chair that that probably was used in a match the night before.
1: <laughs> uh. Well, we're coming up here. The next uh, round of uh, VIP tickets uh, are going to be going on sale uh, this past Monday. I think this audio will drop just after Monday. Um, But Monday, this past Monday, which would be, let's see, November 19th, VIP tickets go on sale for the Nashville events. Um, What are your expectations for these events, and why do you think people should come out and join you as part of these VIP events, Will?
2: Well, definitely for uh, this being a pay-per-view VIP, you definitely can – sense of difference when those are going on because you have just more people generally interested with the pay-per-view going on and this one being the first pay-per-view in a couple months. I think there's going to be a lot of build up to, towards it. And obviously Nashville pretty much considered the TNA home base early on. I think you're going to have a lot of the early supporters back. So I think there's going to be interest there. Uh, but I know they're, they're always trying to outdo themselves as they go from pretty much from Florida to New York and to out to Vegas and out to Nashville, always trying to make it different, always trying to one-up the game of how these events go. So really, like, from all the ones I've been to, when you compare it to just going to, like, your typical WWE show or something like that, the price you're paying for VIP, where you're getting not only that front row ticket, but all these other experiences, you really can't beat that. Like, you're not going to get that kind of access at, at really that kind of price anywhere else. So, Obviously, if you're if that's something local you can get to, I'd recommend it for anybody. Even if it's like I've noticed over the course of years, I've expanded my geography on where I would go. Like a lot of times, like years ago, would be like I'll go up to three hours for a show. Then then that expanded way out over like the last year or so with all the because I'm in the Northeast in Pennsylvania and I'm I can I can drive like I went to Bound for Glory in Ottawa last year. I got a passport to to that show uh, because I'm like oh I can get there in less than seven hours. And then I did the same thing for Toronto and uh, Windsor and Nashville. That'll that'll probably be my longest at probably about 12 hours. But I'll probably drive out there as opposed to taking a flight. They should give you a medal,
1: Will. I mean, especially for, like, time spent on the product. I mean, for you, how is it interacting with Impact Wrestling fans that are kind of in and out? Because it feels like it's been almost like four different promotions over the last 12 years or so.
2: Yeah, and, and that's something where I I do know uh, there there's a handful of other uh, like kind of big big fans of Impact I know throughout the years uh, that have been at different tapings have done the VIP and you definitely see some that that have stuck with it the whole time through different regimes but I think with anything else you might have people that are following certain wrestlers or things like that and they they kind of go in and out but like I always go with like the the old sports thing. Like it's what's uh, not the name on the back of the Jersey, but what's on front. So I think as long as they kind of keep this, the same thing, I think like Don Cal has got the more them guys coming in. I, I really like the direction they've been going. Um, like I said, it, it hasn't usually differed too much. Like the names will change at the top of the card, uh, but then you just develop more. And I'm, I'm a big indie wrestling fan too. I usually find shows at least most weekends. I'm usually at a show locally if I'm not somewhere else. And just I, and seeing a lot of the guys that I, I see on that scene make their way up, uh, that that's, that's fine by me. I'm glad to see those guys make it. So, uh, I think as long as they just keep that direction, that that's something to, to keep looking forward to. You don't have to, you don't have to just depend on certain names coming back. But I think in wrestling, you always have, if you want to call them the casual fans, uh, that, that are looking for those names to get interest. Uh, but obviously that's, that, that's not what I'm looking for, but, um, I, I think to everyone. I, I think to the people, they they find ways to to maybe stop watching or listen to other people's opinion. I think if they just watch the product, I think there'll be something you like out of it. You just gotta, you just gotta give it a give it the chance to watch it, and and then go from there.
1: You're obviously a fan of what they're doing right now. Uh, was there ever a point here in the last whatever decade or so where you you almost walked away, Will? Where you were like, I don't know what's going on right now.
2: I I never got to the point of walking away. Uh, There was definitely, there there were certain times you would question things and go, well, where are they going with this? But to be fair, I I could look at any promotion and say that too. Um, I I think people just like to look at certain things, but there's always going to be bad booking. There's always going to be bad finishes, uh, guys that don't work out. Um, But usually for pretty much all the promotions I've liked, over pretty much my life. I'm usually pretty loyal to them. I'll, I'll, I'll give them a chance. Uh, like there might be, maybe I'll check out on, like I maybe if there's something I'm not looking at the direction, I might miss a week. Like I might miss a week of TV or or something like that, or I might miss a show here or there. But but for the most part, they they've kept me interested the whole time.
1: Well, I like talking to you. I would actually not mind having you back on the show. You seem like a very positive guy when it comes to pro wrestling. That that seems almost a little rare now. Do you think that wrestling fans have become a little too snarky in the, in the past many years?
2: Yeah, I, I would definitely say that. Uh, I, I don't know if it's just based on when I kind of got into wrestling. Cause I was pretty much pre like the attitude era. I was more than like the, like I said, it's it's more like I was a kid in the, the late eighties, early nineties, growing up with it and through the mid nineties, the late nineties. But definitely, especially going to a lot of indie shows and still going to the big events, the, 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 yeah, the snarkiness and the smartness of the crowd is has definitely evolved over the years. Like I remember a couple years ago, a, uh, because now playing that the old ECW arena, uh, Tommy dreamers house of hardcore is there a lot. And I go to all those shows. Uh, but there was one where he definitely had like a TNA theme to it back then. And, I just remember the crowd just being so smarty towards it because you had the, like the, 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 the FTNA chance back then. And then uh, like wound up like Bobby Roode was defending the title back then against him, which it wound up, it was pretty much a TNA show, but they didn't realize it. So that like like, I'll get a little chuckle out of that, but the, the, the crowd has changed. Like, I, I, I don't know if that's a lot of it, when you went from the magazine days of like getting any feedback from pro wrestling illustrated. And now with all the, everything on the internet, I don't know if that plays a part in, or it's just everyone's attention span, like just like cable TV has gone away and everything's streaming. Is is it just a different fan base now, but it's definitely changed. Uh, But I think it's helped things like independent wrestling, which was not that big when I was growing up and now it's everywhere. Which is great.
1: I think there's something to the idea that back in the day, if you didn't like something, you'd have to write like Bill after right, and you'd wait two exactly. You'd, you'd wait two weeks till you even found out if they agreed or disagreed with you on your point you're so passionate about. Now you can just put your opinion out there, and within minutes, yeah. have hundreds of people telling you if you're right or wrong about something. You know, um, that's interesting that you've noticed that. Well, are there things that you wish wrestling fans would do? Less of. Do you have pet peeves when it comes to wrestling fans? Specific ones?
2: Um, Well, the right before I went out to Vegas, I went up to uh, Poughkeepsie, New York, for uh, Northeast Wrestling had a show uh, where the main event was Kenny Omega and Phoenix. So I went over. I went up to that show, and just for an example, like right before the main event, uh, it was Rob Van Dam versus uh, Jack Swagger, and you could tell, like, obviously. With Kenny Omega, that's pretty much his first, like, indie days in the States. Uh, mainly a, a very pro-bullet club Kenny Omega crowd. So when those guys were there, after, like, they gave them about two minutes, and they were booing, and they weren't being entertained because they, they were expecting, like, they were ready for that main event and wanted that certain style. But I'm looking at that. Like I said, I grew up at ECW. I've seen Rob Van Dam wrestle too many times to count. I know like he was being Rob Van Dam, but they weren't appreciating that. So as they're doing like I'm, I'm there, I'm cheering. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm making comments, like just like, just settle down, wait for Kenny Omega. And, and obviously they're not happy with that. Uh, but it's just like, I appreciate just like any other performer in a profession. You got to appreciate the guys. Like if a, if a guy's trying to get heat, I, I boo them. If they want to be a face, I, I usually cheer them. Like maybe there's some exceptions there, but it's part of the show. Like when you try to hijack or take over the show, it's not enjoyable. Like the fans should never, it's not about them, Like people aren't there to see the other fans are there to see the guys work. Uh, So that, that, that's what I, that that's my pet peeve is if you're going there to make a show about yourself and not the actual performers on the show uh, at that, that's what I want to just see more of. So when that's not happening, that that will get under my skin. (laughs)
1: Man, Uh, Will, I I would love to have you back here. Maybe after uh, homecoming, we can catch up and and chat some more about, you know, your experience in the show and the the VIP experience. Uh, Really enjoyed this. I love your half full, glass half full mentality towards pro wrestling because uh, it does, there seems to be a bit of a a disease running through the IWC where it's just like once you hook in and everything sucks, everything sucks,
2: you know? Exactly. And and I get it. Like uh, right now, I'm not to, like, probably a lot of my friends would say I'm not a, like, I'm I'm anti-WWE or something like that. If they're still local, if they're around, I'll go to a show. Like, I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll be at WrestleMania in, up in North Jersey. Like, I still, because they're going to get the best performers. Like, New Japan's going to have great performers. But it's almost like if you, like, especially with the WWE, it seems, if you're a fan of something else other than that, that there's a whole group of people who are against you because nothing can be as good as that they just have to wreck it and, and, and insult it. And most of them have never even watched what they're insulting. And and that's, that, that's just, that's not how it should be. If it's the whole thing, if you, if you never tried it, you can't knock it. And that's, that's, that's what a lot of the wrestling fans have become. So it'd be nice if just people were a little more open-minded about it, and realize there's other, other flavors out there. Enjoy, enjoy what you like.
1: Well, where can people go online to follow you? You got a Twitter handle, Instagram, anything like that?
2: I, I do. Uh, it's it's my name. Uh, it's uh, at William, and then another M for my middle initial Gardner. G A R D N E R, on uh, Twitter and Instagram.
1: I didn't know if you wanted to say your full name. I just called you Will. You're not a you're not. Yeah, that,
2: that that's fine.
1: <laughs> I just I didn't want to say the whole thing. Will, you've been a great uh, host. Thank you so much. Enjoy homecoming, and I hope we get to uh to chat here uh, after it's done.
2: I uh, appreciate it, Nick.
0: Take care.